Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Wisdom Experience Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, I'm Kalelo, and today I have a different voice you're going to hear. It's uh, uh, a, a lady I just met for the first time ever on Zoom, <laughs> um, as you kind of do in this COVID world of pandemics and all this other jazz. But anyway, I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we'll get into... Uh, the episode, and I think this is going to be a fantastic one because in our little pre-chat, we have a lot of common ground. Cool, thank you. So, hi there. I'm Lindsay DeSwart, and I run a business called Soulful Adventure Living, which is predominantly for women who love to have the soulful side of living and the adventure side of living. So, um, yeah, I'm here today, and it's funny because Naomi who is obviously your normal co-host, Naomi and I have been friends for many, many years. So it's an absolute joy to be here whilst... Uh, well, she's we, out playing. She's yeah, out somewhere she's out playing. playing. She's, she's recouping or re- regenerating or uh, she's doing a Doctor Who thing, I think, regenerating. Uh, yeah, because I think she's like, um, she's going... Uh, off the grid as well a little bit so that's always good yeah and I'm going to get you to tell your story of how you ended up from the UK to Canada because I thought that was a great a great story because we were chatting um, pre-hitting the button to record um, and you're from the UK originally and now you yeah, live in Canada so and I like Indeed. the way that story goes so just let the listeners know was how did you get from one place to the other Okay, so um, I like to say we got to Canada with uh, a late night conversation and a post-it note. And what that is all about is there's a long um, series of events that led up to it, as there always is when you have a bit of an adventure. Um, So I was raised in England, down in Surrey, Uh, lived in Weybridge for pretty much all my life, went to university in Sheffield, and then moved back to London to work where I met my husband. Now, my husband's half Swedish. He's been raised all over the world. So for him, location really is, you know, of no, no importance. Your home is where your you family is. Your, he's an infantry man as well, which is something else I learned, isn't it? And for us, in, for us, infantry men, home is where you shine your boots at. So, yeah, so I can, I can relate. You, yeah, you totally get that. <laughs> um, so, you know, so that's cool. Anyway, so when we, we first got married, we moved over to Sweden for a dot-com job. Um, he got the dot-com job. We moved over there, spent a couple of years there. He's half Swedish, so he realised actually in the back of his head he had a whole world of Swedish vocabulary that he'd not been polishing off in England. Um, And then we both got made redundant within um, a few months of each other, which happened to be as we were having our first child anyway, so that worked very nicely. And then we decided, do we want to be in Sweden forevermore? Is this our future? We said, well, no, all of our family's in England, so let's head back. And we did. And we were glad we did. Um, All family was there. And we had our second son in England. Um, And Matt, my husband, started working with somebody, a friend of his, who, you know, it was promised that whole thing of, oh, we're going to sell to IBM in a few years' time. We'll all be retired by 40 you know, and driving our sports cars around because we'll have made so much money. Anyway, it didn't pan <laughs> out like that, funnily enough. Um, and so after about four years, he was working really long hours, commuting four hours a day, and I was raising our two sons on my own. And that's what led to the late-night conversation of, 
well, how long can we do this? And what sort of life is this anyway? Yeah. So we decided actually that was not the life that we wanted. Um, and so we said, okay, what do we want? So we got the post-it note out and we made a shopping list of what we wanted our life to look like. Uh, of all the experiences he's had, because, I mean, he's literally lived in sort of Nepal, Bangladesh, Indonesia, all the random places that most people only get to travel to on holiday. Um, and then with our short experience in Sweden, we said, what do we want? And so we knew we wanted the outdoor life. We knew we wanted changing climate so we could do stuff. Um, and we actually wanted kind of what we thought would be a younger country with more opportunity. So we went in search of it, um, did a couple of, you know, random visits, one over to Vancouver. We'd heard so, so much great stuff about lifestyle out there. And we decided actually, no, this doesn't feel like home. Mm. I don't think we could bottle here. And thankfully, both of us kind of had the same gut feeling. And then we took a week. We came over to Toronto. And I mean, it sounds crazy, but we literally turned up on a realtor's doorstep saying, we've seen these listings on the internet. Um, can you show us some houses? And she was like, okay, mad people, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's just interesting because um, the episode that we did last week was on courage and courage being both physical courage and moral courage because it is a big that's a, a a very courageous step to you know be in one country to upstakes and move to a foreign country you know that's a lot of there's a lot of risk involved in there and it takes a lot of uh, courage to do to do that one thing to be a backpack you know throw your backpack and go backpacking across a country for a summer or two but another thing to say I'm going to take my whole family, pack up all my worldly possessions, uh, and move to a place that I've not lived, <laughs> uh, and it's a yeah. you know, it's a foreign country. So yeah, now that's 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 fascinating to me um, in that. Uh, so yeah, so that's no good stuff. So now you 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 got a company um, that's combining the sort of spiritual and adventure. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's again another fascinating topic. Uh, which is a, basically going to be a part of the topic today, isn't it? In terms of mm. what I'd like to explore is one: what is it that drew you to, or what do you think is the uh, the power of nature in terms of transformation? Yeah, that sounds about right. Transform the transformative power of nature. Uh, there you go. There's your next book title. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what, what drew you to, um, first of all, just to think that nature has that kind of ability? Why would you want to combine those two things? I know you've been a coach for a while um, and now combining it with nature. What is it about nature? Um, yeah, that draws that out of you. And what, what do you think people get out of the whole nature thing? Um, so, I mean, it's such an interesting question for because for me, before I was even aware consciously of you knew you felt better outside, uh, I just knew I felt better outside. You mm. know, as a kid, my activities were active and they were always outside. And whether it was, you know, horse riding or rowing boats on the river or just going out for a walk, that was kind of my calm, happy place. Um, I remember, you know, one of my goals when I was a kid was always to get out for a run on Christmas Day. 
it was like some major achievement. I think <laughs> just being inside so much, you know, food and intense energy and, you know, ups and downs of the the excitement and then opening gifts and then everybody eating too much and just all falling asleep and whatever. And for me, I was just like, I just need to be outside. Mm. And it didn't matter whether anybody else was interested on in being out there with me. I think it's the freedom. Okay. It's such a expanse. it's the expanse of space it's the freedom it's the breathing it's the colors the smells it it almost heightens the senses again for you don't it's almost like we we've 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 live inside the walls and electricity and all of that and so you we don't have to depend on our senses as 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 much because you know you've got it all electronically or mechanically or what have you and then when you're out in nature things start to come back alive again suddenly your sense yeah. of smell is better. The sights uh, is happening. You're more realized that the hearing, you can hear um, more things. And just even the feel of your body on the earth and that connection mm. to the earth. So everything, uh, this is, you know, I guess I'm you know, speaking from my end, is everything just comes back to life for me when I'm out in the forest or in the, the mountains. It's almost a reconnection yeah. with self. It's totally, you get a completely new perspective on anything that you may be mulling over or worrying about. When it's inside, it it kind of feels bigger than you. Mm. And then as soon as you get outside, you realize actually that you are just a tiny being in the great scheme of things. And your problem, that's even tinier than you are. Mm. There's something sublime about that. I think that's one of my, like, as you were saying it, I'm, Every time I'm in the mountains, and that's the that is you described it perfectly. When I'm, I'll just pause, and I look at all these mountains, and then I'm, I'm so small in comparison to all of that, just all that space, and, um, yeah, and and for me, it's like um, if you go for more than a day. So I like doing like long treks. Um, I did the uh, Camino del Santiago. Um, five, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's northern Spain, five hundred mile uh, pilgrims trail. Um, <laughs> As you do, yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing: it's like after three days, time stops existing because you just get into the rhythm of nature and, and life. So you know, we were go. You go to bed at night when the sun goes down because there is no electricity. Yeah, you got a torch, but. And there's nothing going on. With it. There's no TV you're not turning on or any of that kind of stuff. You, so you're, you know, you're getting to that rhythm, uh, and then you're up early. Um, but after a while, I found that just you, you're not looking at the watch because you don't have to be anywhere. There's no appointments. There's no I got to take the kids here. There's no oh my TV show's coming on at you know you're not time. You're not tied to the time thing anymore. Um, and it, for me, the sense of timelessness comes and then that connection of you know and you know people talking about oh let's be in the now live in the now well that's the greatest way of being in the now because the time just goes and you're just there um and i love that that feeling even the problems at home uh disappear because they're not immediately around you so that starts to fade away and and it's that sense of just being kind of one with self again that is always the 
the major attraction for for me when I get out there. Just love that yeah. that sense. Um, most definitely. So, what is your? Um, I guess what's your what is your favorite environment, and what do you take from the different environments? Hmm, interesting. Um, so when you say what's my favorite environment, it's basically being under the sky. Just being under um, the sky. So like <laughs> mountains, ocean, forests. What's your yeah, favorite I'm, out of those? No, I have a healthy fear of large expanses of open water. Hmm. Um, quite happy to be on the edge of it. And in fact, love being by water. But to be on the water, as I say, I have a healthy uh, respect for large bodies of water and how quickly the situation changes mm. so that's not somewhere i choose to hang out um so i i'm not really kind of you know a straying into the wilderness for days on end kind of person um but i love yeah i love being out by the trees but i also i mean for example just where we live in ontario as I was saying uh, earlier in our little chat, we don't have mountains, we have hills, but it's easy enough that we can get skiing. And something that's been really great with, uh, whilst my kids were growing up, was to go for sort of nighttime skiing. And so there'll be this time when pretty much everybody's clearing off the mountain and, or the mountain, the hill, when everyone's clearing off the hill. And you're in this beautiful, crisp, fresh snow. And even though it's been skied on or whatever, there's still enough patches of snow. You can find a good soft bit of snow to throw yourself in. And I just lie and look up at the sky and you can see the stars and just the sense of peacefulness mm. that comes over you is, is just sort of that feeling of joy, abundance, love, um, just being. That yeah. complete sense of being, which will take you right from the tips of your toes right to the top of your head and just fills you. It, it just fills you up. It's, it's almost like being plugged back in. Yeah, plugged back in into yeah. the matrix or being unplugged from the matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of plugged, back in, plugged back into the unplugged feeling. Yeah. So there's that, but there's also the trees. Yeah. Um, Do you believe just, that... that um, like yeah. trees and, and inanimate objects, like well, not, I guess they're not inanimate, like trees and rocks and things like that. Do you feel that they have a, a spirit to them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one time a couple of years ago um, when my kids were a fair bit younger, my two youngest kids, and there was some strife going on at school. And, you know, one of them was really stressed and one of them was completely disengaged from school, couldn't care less. In fact, disliked it intensely. Um, and I think there was sort of a you know a meltdown before school. So I said, actually, you know what? We're just going to we're just going to be late for school. Forget that. So we went off to the forest and we just walked through the forest because I knew as soon as you walk in a forest, it calms anybody down through anything. Mm. Um, so we walked through the forest, just you know, a local park forest, and I just made a point, I said, right, everybody find your tree you know who's your best friend tree just go and find the one that speaks to you and so we all stood and it was probably only for a few minutes but we all stood and we just hugged a tree <laughs> I like it. just just to calm everybody down to reground what was going on was beyond my 
um, resolution. I'd done everything that I knew how to do to resolve the situation. And at the end of the day, it was like, it's school. You don't love it. It's stressful. And there's only so much of that I can possibly do to help you. Mm. And I can't wrap you in bubble wrap. So let's call Mother Nature in to heal this one. Yeah. And so we did. We just all tuned into the trees. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, we turned around, walked back to the car, went to school, and everybody was fine. I like it. So you go, let's go hug a tree. Remember that, folks. You having a problem? <laughs> go hug a tree. <laughs> but I, you know, I think you know. It's again, it's one of these things. Like most people now, you see a tree and you just classify it as a tree, and that's it. But you know, when's the last time you went and like touched a tree and felt the bark and, um, you know, just like really connect it, you know, with that the the tree. I've got one, of, and they're one of my favorite things of. You see on my Instagram, I love taking pictures of like really old trees, and they, you know, especially when they're like single by themselves in the middle of a field somewhere. It's like one of my favorite things. Um, and I think you've you've done some shamanic training, have you? Have you yeah. done? Yeah. Because um, one of the, you know, when you do the journey, and one of the um, ideas is to go into the underworld is like to find the tree and then use the roots. But it's got to be a tree that you you've been to, um, and I've got a few around this place. But one of my favorite trees right here in, in Warwickshire, and it's just this big old giant thing in the middle of a field, and I can just go and sit underneath it and be sort of embraced by it. But yeah, no, I I can I can dig the healing uh, spirit of uh, trees. I'm kind of a mountain man myself, a mountain and an ocean man. Um, mountains definitely is my spiritual home. Yeah. Um, so whenever I just get anywhere near a mountain, it's just like the mountain spirits are calling me home. Um, and I can mm. just live in there for days, um, out in the, in the mountains. And I think the, and the ocean has a, it, it's the sense of adventure. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, Jersey Shore, Asbury Park kind of area. If you, if you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, in that video yeah. was he's often on you see um you'll see him on the jersey people that's where i grew up that's where i used to play and I, my favorite time of the ocean beachy time is winter because uh, there's no tourists and things were around but it yeah. was just that sense of the horizon and go that way and there's just those of adventure waiting for you so yeah i dig it um and scuba diving as well because the i find that the one, traveling in three-dimensional space when you're scuba diving, it's great because you're like flying. But the animals in the sea treat you like another fish. Whereas the animals on the land run from you. The fish in the ocean, they just swim with you and around you. And I remember the fish cleaning my ears out. And it's just, you know, it's just, a, whole, <laughs> nice. it's just a whole other thing underneath the ocean. But, um, but I get your point about the... I always... I went to the army and not the navy because I thought, well, on the army at least you're on the ground and you can walk. But if your boat blows up in the middle of the water, ain't not you, <laughs> where you where you going? There's nowhere but down. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, that was the one thing. If you get tired, you just can't sit down. <laughs> just, <laughs> you can't just sit down. You're just like, oh, what happens when you get tired? Yeah. So yes. And what what is it that you? Yeah, you're going to take people out into nature to work with them. What is it? 
what will they gain by working with you in that environment, do you reckon? Um, I'm definitely of the belief, and from experience too, you, you can face all of the, you know, the daily fears and the fears in your head that you create. It might be you know, a family situation, relationship challenge, a career challenge. And it's very easy to forget who you are. And actually to forget how strong you are inside and to, to trust yourself, to trust your judgment, to trust your next course of action. And the thing for me that I love to help people do when they're outside, and whether it was an informal running club that you know I used to run or personal training with people or um, teaching my kids to ski, any of, of those situations, it's when you challenge yourself to push yourself a bit more physically that's when you really actually tap back into oh yeah oh that's me Mm. oh yeah I can I can do more than I thought I could do because pretty much everybody can do more than they thought they could do and I think that's what I love about nature it's such an easy place to challenge yourself in such a peaceful way um, it's it's not an it's not always an easy way. It's not always painless. And when I say painless, I mean a challenge. I don't mean like you know hardcore physical torturous pain. That's the uh, best that's kind. Whole, Come on, <laughs> that's a whole different ball game. That's military. <laughs> that's the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but most people benefit from so, for example, treetop trekking. Hmm. You'll stand at the top of uh, the platform ready to jump onto the zip line or ready to cross a bridge or whatever it is and standing up there it's it's frightening you know it can be really frightening and then you'll you know you'll make it across the obstacle or whatever it is you'll zip line down the thing and then you get to the other side and you feel like a different person mm. it's 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 almost as if you've got two sides and one of you is the kind of the cautious what if side and then the other side of you is the oh my goodness look what i just did i accomplished that mm. so nature has and a way of reflecting yourself back to yourself isn't it it's like so pushed up an obstacle for you and it reveal, yeah. reveals yourself to you uh, through adversity in a sense because you're challenged you're challenged by the fear you're challenged by the elements that are there um and then it's it's how you learn to let go and relax within nature where you start to make that sort of transformation. I think sometimes when you, you know, people who are not used to going out in that environment um, for more than just a, you know, just a, a, a Sunday picnic type thing, but to go out into the elements um, in the sense of, of, of a, an adventure or a challenge, um, if you resist nature, life becomes harder. The cold even, mm-hmm. just take the cold. If you resist the yes. cold, um, then you're even colder, but when you relax into it, um, relax and become a part of it, then the resistance goes away mm. and things kind of move a little bit smoother mm. for you. Uh, but and also, but you know, you you say about the tour. I mean, because nature can be unforgiving as well, can she? It can <laughs> you know? be absolutely. Uh, you go out to the mountains and you don't have the right equipment, and the weather can change any really quickly. Or um, you know, there's lots of things that hurt that you hit a rock or fall down. Or so you know, she can be 
if you're being foolish, uh, unforgiving um, in that sense as well. So, yeah, there's just a... Again, it's perspective, I think. It puts it in perspective. There is real danger Mm. out there. In most of our daily lives, most of us, and obviously, you know, people have far worse situations, but for most people in everyday life, they don't actually face real danger. Mm. The perception of the danger is way bigger than actually what the real danger is. Whereas when you go out into nature, and as you say, you're out in the mountain without the right equipment or something happens to your boat and you're in the water or the weather changes when you're on the water or, you know, it's so much bigger than you, it is real danger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, so long as you make it out alive, it's, <laughs> it's a great, um, I think, again, putting everything in perspective because it's like, fine, you might be worried about an office conflict or something, but is that a real danger? Hmm. I'll tell you what, because you mentioned about the office conflict and, and you know, both you and I are, are doing, we do um, these outdoor uh, adventure coaching is what I call it on, on, on my end. So using coaching in the sort of the outdoors. Um, and one of the things that I find is that just the act of going away from the boardroom or inside your normal conference room or, um, and then talking about and reflecting on and working on your problem issue or challenge in nature automatically changes your perspective because you're not in your normal environment now i'm in another environment um, and it almost forces your brain to think of the problem in a different way so you get a different perspective on it just by changing locations um i don't know if you've ever done the sort of um you mentioned running like walk coaching, co- co- you know, just going out for a walk, coach walking, um, taking someone on a, on, a, on a walk, just a normal walk even, um, on a nature trail and coaching in that kind of environment changes their perspective. Um, uh-huh. Just being surrounded by something other than what they're used to seeing the problem in and being grounded in. So I find that as a just a quite an effective tool for uh, coaching. And it could be self-coaching. I think if you, you know, if you have mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, issue or problem or uh, a challenge that you're stuck on you know go for a long walk and take that and what I like to do what I challenge people to do when they do that like when I'm, if I'm you know either going with or and people can try this um, listeners can try this you know just try this is that when you if you have a problem or challenge or issue that you're stuck on and you're stuck go for a long walk but before you go on the walk you know formulate a question what is the answer that you want formulate a question um that you would like an answer to before you start to walk and as you're going on your walk you know just relax into the walk don't necessarily think too hard about the problem itself but then just start to listen as you mm-hmm. get into the rhythm of the walk and just start to listen um to your to your mind and, and what's going on in your mind and you slowly start to find you start getting various little clues or answers to that yeah. particular problem. And then I say when you get to your, about your halfway point as you're working through that and gathering, you know, the various clues and um, and perspectives, when you get to the turnaround point, then consolidate your learning on the walk back. 
uh, from nice. halfway point and consolidate it. So by the time you get back to the end, you've got a solid solution to go away to work on. You've got some actionable point to, to work with. Um, and it may just be the start to the full answer of the question you're after, but you've got that clue that you might have been, mm. that was keeping you stuck. It's a good way to get uh, yeah. unstuck. Um, I love that idea that you said about getting a clue and then um, sort of formulating a plan because you also feel a lot more courageous when you're at the second half of your walk. You know, the endorphins are flowing. Mm. You've got rid of the stress. So you're in a resourceful like state of mind. You can work with the clues that you get. Um, and even and also you feel so motivated. So when you actually come home from your walk, you're like, okay, so that's that was the clue. Um, what's the one thing I can do right now? Yeah. Because you're so motivated. And that uh, again, that's why I totally see the value of doing sort of a coaching, uh, adventure coaching, is that you're in such a resourceful state of mind when you're active and you're full of fresh air that it's amazing what you can do when you come back from even a short walk mm, that yeah, there was absolutely. no way that you could even fathom doing before you went out because you were so stuck in the boundaries of whatever the problem might have been when you come at when you come back from the walk the boundaries have all sort of just you know disappeared they've all exploded out of the way and so much more is possible yeah no, that's cool one of my favorite philosophers is Nietzsche and uh, I think there's a story that floats around that um um, someone came to visit his office or whatever and was talking to a secretary and they were like, well, they wanted to speak to him, but he doesn't but he doesn't do his work in his office, basically. All his work is done out walking. That's where he writes his book, gets his ideas, um, not stuck in the office. Everything was out on the walk, which is, you know, it's like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever, just the idea of the journey and moving along, it's, you're propelled to go, forward and and you're collecting the things along the way as you go i'm curious to know what's what's one big lesson you've learned that nature taught you i did like yeah just a you're out in nature and you just had this big giant epiphany uh, about something in life or a problem that you was working on what's one of the biggest sort of um personal movements that you've made as a result of being out in nature oh holy cow um, I think, I think this answers the question because there have been so many. Mm. Um, it was actually when I found like a little seed pod. All right. And I don't know what the plant is, but this seed pod is so intricately woven and it's almost like a sort of a netting sack seed pod it's it's an incredible construction um and it's so beautiful and amazing and strong and well constructed that I think the biggest epiphany I got from that is that everything in nature has a purpose and we are part of nature mm. so everything that's happening to us is woven in a certain way and actually that we can't and nor should we try to control every fine detail. Actually, just let go and trust. Okay, I like it. Let go and trust. You reminded me of a bit of alchemy there. Everything touches everything else. 
in terms yeah. of yeah, nature and that that the, the um, butterfly flaps its wings in Texas and causes a hurricane somewhere else, and just all the the various interconnections that we have in there. Yeah, I like that. I think my biggest, most, I mean, like you said, there's loads. I mean, every time I go out, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably journey, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, one of my hugest one was on this El Camino, and I think it would, it came at a time when I was really. Um, was I stuck? I was I was frustrated. I think more than stuck because I was um, I was wanting to do all this stuff. But like I wanted to live in nature forever, but I had to work and I had a family, a young family, and it was like you give so much to work. You know, work in ten, twelve hour days. Then you got to come home and play with the kids, and then hang out with the wife. And then I was like, you know, when am I going to have some clay time? <laughs> when is my time? So I was in this real like crazy place of thinking that like work and family were all conspiring against me to keep me from being able to be out <laughs> in nature. Um, and then I was on like, so I was on the Camino, I was probably, I don't know, day four or five or somewhere in there. I had this, you know, my epiphany was the fact that actually I was, I was chasing after something when I was climbing mountains and felt like that I could only have adventure by chasing and climbing these mountains when in actuality everything was that I needed was inside me yeah, and that cool. I could climb a mountain just for the sake of climbing a mountain it didn't have to be goal oriented it didn't have to be competitive it didn't have to define who I was so I can mm-hmm. just go out into the into the mountains or wherever and just be me. Or if I didn't go to a mountain, it didn't matter. It wasn't a defining moment in me. That, and it just cleared, it cleared that whole space up for me, as in I was no longer now in competition with family and work and and, and self. It was just like, you know, it was just, it's just yeah. It was just, a, you know, yeah, that was, when I got back from it, have you ever seen The Matrix, Matrix Part 2? Yeah. I think it's Matrix Two, and Neo goes. I don't know if I've seen the two, but yeah, he goes. He goes in what they call the back door, and everything's just blank. It's white. And I had one of those moments where it was like all my sort of Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy, and all that all they kind of yeah hit into each other and exploded, and it was gone. And I was just a blank sheet. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and I love that feeling. I, I. I don't know. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, it was just a complete blank slate. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's just the, the same thing when uh, I earlier on, I think I mentioned about the boundaries being exploded. Mm. It's pretty much that feeling of no longer having the weights on your shoulders or being constrained or being restricted. Mm. Or, as you say, having to divide up your time because it all feels uh, constricting and it all feels limited. And actually what you've just described is this feeling of complete limitlessness. Um, And that's really, you know, when I said also about, you know, where do you love being? I love being under the sky. Mm. It's limitless. Yeah. Imagine that infinity (laughs) (laughs) and being able to just go if we just went up straight up, you could go on forever. Yeah. 
there's that's just mind-boggling, isn't it? Just to think that there's no end to space. And what's on well, the what's on the other side of the end or infinity? <laughs> To get yes, well, that's a topic. Here. Pod- <laughs> we could probably find 15 podcasts all on that particular topic. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, you work with women primarily. I do. Yeah, yep. mums generally. Yeah. So, what? What a? What is? A, what's a typical program like for you? So, give us a sense of what it would be. So, is it a a one day thing that people work with you? Is it over several days? And then, what's kind of yeah, in a in a high level sense, what's the what's the sort of what could people expect, I guess, process wise? Okay, so um, the ideal is that we're going on retreats mm. and that we would be spending three to four days together doing all sorts of inner work and all sorts of <coughs> excuse me adventures. However, in our current circumstances, um, I still am providing support for other women, and in fact, because September is kind of like a new year for most families because mm. it's a new school year, um, you know, end of the summer. So I always treat September as if it's a new year. So actually I have a program coming up in September called This New Normal. And it's about supporting mums who are working and probably working from home still in the family changes, the work changes, their life changes, um, and supporting them online in a Facebook group and through a membership program. So the first, I mean, the first thing for people just to kind of get a sense of the type of work that I can help with is I have a Facebook page, which is called Soulful Adventure Retreats. Um, and I post videos on that. I think you've seen those, post mm. videos, motivation and encouragement just to really tune into the limitlessness. Um, And so you're not confined by the boundaries and constraints that cause so much stress. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just there to support mums through these tricky times. Okay. And when, and when, when we're done with the tricky times, what, what, what would an ideal soulful adventure look like? Oh, now that's okay. How long have we got? Because that's so you exciting. You, you're good. You've got plenty of time. You're good. <laughs> okay. So on a soulful adventure retreat, um, one of the really key things is actually the community that you're with. So it's a mm. small group of women. We do a really good introduction so that everybody is aware of the sorts of social issues that come up because we're so used to competing. So we just clear that straight out. So we're, it's not about the competition. It's about everybody bringing their strengths to the group. Um, It's a real sisterhood. So we open up that possibility of sisterhood, which in the Western world, most women are not familiar with. And although they kind of dream of it, um, it's not found in all society. Mm. Um, So it's creating that circle of sisterhood. And then from there, we do some natural stuff like, you know, being around the campfire together and just getting into the moment. And then after that, we have all sorts of adventure whether it is treetop trekking, whether it's hot air ballooning, whether it's being with the horses um, to find out more about, you know, the big, strong spirit animals that they are. They teach you so much about yourself. So those are the sorts of adventures. So we could be zip lining through the trees, but it's going to be something that has 
some element, a small element of fear or challenge, because that's when you really find out about yourself. Yeah. And then with that, hand in hand with that, there is time of reflection and some journaling and some meditation because most people who enjoy a good adventure aren't very good at meditating. So a little bit of guided meditation just to be able to still your mind and just time being in nature, eating yummy food, lots of laughs, lots of support and completely filling you up and rejuvenating you so when you go back to work or you go back to your family, you are tuned into who you are. Awesome. There's one word right. missing for me in that whole bit you just said. What's that, men? No, <laughs> no. Campfire. Will there be campfires? Campfire. Oh, the campfire will be there on the first night. Oh, awesome. Good. That's yeah, now that's good. Beautiful. Uh, the campfire. Just thinking about our you know, sort of tribal roots and the like, and the campfire is a place you came, that's community, and you tell stories and share stories all around Mm -hmm. the campfire. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, now it's perfect. Now that I heard campfire, you're good. (laughs) Absolutely. So much healing and lots of lovely exercises actually using the power of the fire. Yeah. You know, putting in old fears and old things that transformed during the weekend or weekend, weekdays during the time that we're together and you put all of those, you can burn them in the fire and the metaphor as the smoke just takes them off into the universe and clears them out of your life is Mm. just so powerful. Yeah. No, that sounds really good. So we got to hurry up and get this pandemic thing done. And out of the way. Yeah. Just hurry up. I'd be really grateful. (laughs) So we can get out of there. All right. So um, by way of kind of winding things down, so what are three takeaways you think that people could learn from nature so if you were if you um, were yeah if you were encouraging people yeah encouraging people to get out what would those three things be um i would always say the biggest hurdle is getting your shoes on to get out the door hmm. um allow uh, plan plan time outside for nothing else to happen schedule downtime um just to make sure you get outside every day one of the things that i really love to do but also to advise people to do because it seems like the tiniest easiest thing to do yet it's profound is to walk out in the morning in bare feet yeah i was that was right that was that was an image in my head as you were speaking yeah is the simplest thing just and so it's interesting you know whether you talk about male or female energy the female energy is to stand on the grass and just to feel and to experience the cold the warm the wet the dry the crisp the soft whatever it might be just experience what that feels like um and then sort of the more male energy is walking a path and as you walk the path then what what comes about mm. you know, so it might be you walk to the end of the garden that's your goal yeah but stop on the way and feel what's under your feet and i would say that's the simplest way to connect to nature and just to reduce your stress right down yeah no awesome yeah no, that's that's part of my morning routine is uh barefoot in the grass in fact i work out in the back garden and barefoot in the grass just because it's a good for me it was it was about the 
because uh, I've done Qigong and one of your poses is the tree one and it's the roots going through your feet and into the ground. Um, so yeah, I got into that habit of connecting with earth through bare feet and in the yeah. grass. Yeah, just that, that steadiness that you get from, well, grounding, that's probably the best word because you wanted to, what we would do would be to imagine the roots coming through to your feet, to your fingertips and just... Mm-hmm going into the earth and rooting yourself in and pulling all that nourishment up. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I like your idea about um, the the journey, the path and walking, because it's just, just metaphor for life as well, isn't it? Journey. Yeah. Um, and, you That's know. the labyrinth. Is it the labyrinth? Yeah, you've got the labyrinth as well. We've got yeah. that going on. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there's, there's a, a ton. Um, I guess what I would recommend for folks is like, just echoing what you said as well. It says, you know, get outside and spend some time in nature um, on a daily basis where you just go and just relax, barefoot, shoes on, doesn't matter, just get out in some form of, of nature. Um, one of the things, and if you want to blend a little technology and nature together, um, there's a couple apps that I have. One is called Picture This, um, another one is called iNaturalist. Because one of the things I became acutely aware of is that, you know, if you go out in your back garden, just alone in your back, how many things can you name in terms of the trees and the insects and um, flowers? And with iNaturalist, you take a picture of it and it'll send it to a database and it'll tell you what you're looking at. Um, so for me, I found out a wonderful way to actually bring the outdoors back alive again instead of just saying well it's a tree okay what kind of tree or is a flower okay what kind of flower or weed or what insect actually is that and because there's a whole story outside your door when we go out there isn't it it's like so much um to learn just from the environment so yeah let's picture this and i naturalist uh uh, both free versions uh that they have of that but picture this is probably more for plants iNaturalist does it all. Anything that's living, you can point at and it'll tell you what it is. Um, but definitely would recommend those just to get to reconnect with knowing what things are <laughs> that you're actually looking at, I think. Yeah. But definitely. And also, I was just going to say going out at night and looking up at the stars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you probably get to see more stars than we do. Are you in oh. a. They're amazing. Yeah, because when if you live in the you know anywhere lots of light pollution, you don't actually really get to experience. You know, it's it's a shocking thing. When I was out in the jungle in Borneo, and just the amount of stars you could, it's like you're just shocked about how many stars you can actually see when there's not a lot of light pollution around, which is absolutely yeah. amazing. And uh, when we talk about night, I think you're right. It's um. You know, there's a natural fear towards the night, which is why I used to maybe build campfires to keep the dark away. Um, on uh, on my ascent program, I take people out for a night walk, but I don't allow torches. One, just so their eyes will accumulate to the dark, and then they see that you can see very well in the dark. Yeah. And we got very good uh, night vision, um, and, it, and, it, and it's about trusting your body. Like, you have to... F- can't just go bumbling around you'll trip over a rock or something and so you've got to actually feel the earth when you're walking and your eyes adjust um and as hard as the military is one of the one of my things that i learned in the military the most being an infantryman because all our movements was at night so i've Mm -hmm. learned that the night is your friend um and so yeah so just moving around in the dark and walking in the dark 
that's what we did. No lights. Um, so I became very good at navigating in the dark. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like the night. The night's good. Uh, it's a whole other mm-hmm. character to the into the environment. All right. So yeah. where can people find you? Um, I mean, well, one, thanks for being a guest and, and, uh, and agreeing to come on. And I kind of, you know, say, hey, let's just go hit record and then go. I don't know if he was expecting to record like right now. Uh, so thanks for that. Thanks for being a, a trooper in that end. But So where can people find you um, on Twitter, Facebook? What, what, how are we finding you? Okay, so generally the best place is Facebook on um, Soulful Adventure Retreats is my Facebook page. Um, And, yeah, I would love to see people over there. As I say, there's lots of teaching on there, lots of motivation. Um, And there is the the groups coming up in September, this new normal, if anybody wants to be that. But all the information is on the the Soulful Adventure Retreats Facebook page. And I'd be delighted if i can see some new faces over there and if i can help any mums through these challenging rest of this year to see what comes in 2021 and clay thank you so much for having me on the show today it's so fun yeah no it was good it was good and we didn't realize how much we had in common so there's a lot i know going on there it's funny how nature works like that yeah absolutely (laughs) bringing kindred spirits together (laughs) awesome cool 